to begin the Lord's Day today, we honored the, the Father with Yahweh, which is going to come into play very much so here in the message in a little while. Then we lifted up the name of Christ in whom is our salvation by grace through faith. And so let's pray right now the Holy Spirit would join us and so that this time would be profitable. Our Father in heaven, we can't do anything of any value without you. So, Father, all of the preparation, all of the singing, all of the studying, all of the planning, everything that's gone into today on our part is not going to avail anything unless your Holy Spirit is here. So, Father, we pray that he would be here in great power. We pray that he would be here in conviction. Pray that he would be here to comfort. Pray he would be here to lead and guide us in the important decisions in life. Father, we thank you for being a God who knows all, loves us in spite of it all, and made it possible for us to live eternally without shame, without sin, in a place called heaven. Father, we pray your blessings upon each person here in this room and those watching by way of YouTube and Facebook, and we pray that today's message would be a source of great encouragement, <clears throat> and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said... Amen. You may be seated. We're so glad to have you here. Welcome to First Baptist Church. And if you are visiting today, please do us a favor. In the seat back in front of you is one of these cards. It's a connection card. It's a way that we connect with you, get to know more about you, and hopefully you'll get to know more about us as you come. But please take the pen and fill that out front and back if you have prayer requests or questions that you have. <clears throat> Turn it in. And you can either give this to us or you can give it to our greeters back at the door. Or there's a box with a cross on it where our members put their tithes and offerings in. You can go ahead and put your connection card in there. In addition, members of uh, First Baptist Church, if you have not filled out your commitment card yet, uh, we're still accepting those. We still have needs uh, in the classroom in particular. And thank you for those of you that have volunteered lately. That's going to make it possible for people not to have to miss more than maybe one or two Sundays a month as they work with the kids. By the way, today... Uh, our junior high meets, is that, uh, is that right? Our middle school class meets from 6th grade uh, to ninth grade, so want to remind you of that, and I'll remind you when we dismiss everyone. But take this, if you're going to read through the Bible, indicate that. If you're going to pray every day, indicate that. If you're going to, if you're volunteering to help out in some ministry, they're listed there, go ahead and fill that out and turn that in. I would appreciate it so very, very much. So today we're talking about Jehovah, a covenant name of God. I've got a brief leadership team meeting right after the church, and it will be brief, I promise you. So hope you'll be there. Check out our bulletin for several Bible studies held throughout the week. There is no military meal today because Ryan and several of the other folks are back east at a conference, at a seminar. So we're excited about them being able to go that. But military meal will not be held today, so uh, fasting is in order uh, for today, <laughs> for your military types. And <clears throat> so, uh, but we will resume that, the Lord willing, next week. Women's worship event with Paula Dunn. We have a sign-up sheet. If you've already signed up, you don't need to sign up again uh, un unless you are bipolar, in which case, go ahead and sign up again. <clears throat> but if you can make it Saturday, uh, it's going to be a great time for ladies. Paula Dunn will be here. She's with us about six years ago. She's an incredible uh, young lady with a great testimony. Uh, so child care is provided from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. A lunch will be provided. So this sign-up sheet will go all the way around here. When you get to the very end, who's in the back there? When, okay, Rachel, then start it down this side and have them pass it forward. So we'll catch everybody that way. Next Sunday, compound names using Jehovah. Um, also, if you're interested in a nine-week get-out-of-debt program, 
beginning probably pretty quick in March. Is that is that agreeable to the to our instructors? So uh, if you're interested in that, you need to let us know immediately. All right. And then uh, July or June the 28th through July the 27th, our church, along with several others, has an opportunity to bring Basque students, foreign exchange students, uh, to America, giving them a place to stay for one month and giving them an opportunity to be in God's house and hear the gospel. So many of the Basque people are not Christian, do not know the gospel, and so it gives you an opportunity, uh, as the Lees have had, to, to have a, a young person in your home for a, a month and let them observe Christianity in action and, and then bring them to church and hopefully they'll know the Lord as their personal Savior. So that's the announcements for today. Let me read something. I think this is amazing. <clears throat> and and a, a little disclaimer at the very beginning. I, it's, it's, it's edited, first of all. I got it off Facebook. Must be true. Uh, <clears throat> But I edited it a little bit. I have not verified it, but it sounds good, and, and it just goes with what we're preaching today. So here's what I'm starting to read. There was a moment when Moses had the nerve to ask God what his name was. God was gracious enough to answer, and the name he gave is recorded in the original Hebrew as YHWH, or Yahweh is the way we say it. We kind of add a vowel, a couple of vowels in there in order to pronounce it. Otherwise, it's not pronounceable unpronounceable name of God. Scholars and rabbis have noted that the letters Yahweh represent breathing sounds or aspirated consonants. When pronounced without intervening vowels, it actually sounds like breathing. The, the YH is the inhale and the WH is the exhale. So a baby's first cry, its first breath speaks the name of God. I just think that's amazing. A deep sigh calls his name. A groan or a gasp that is too heavy for mere words. Even an atheist would speak his name unaware that their very breath is giving constant acknowledgement to Almighty God. Likewise, a person leaves this earth with their last breath. When God's name is no longer filling their lungs, when... When I can't utter anything else, is my cry calling out his name? And, and there is an allusion to that in the book of Romans about when we don't know how to pray. The Holy Spirit gives us utterance. Being alive means I speak his name constantly. So is it heard the loudest when I am the quietest? In sadness, we breathe the heavy sighs. In joy, our lungs feel almost like they will burst. In fear, we hold our breath and have to hold our and be told to breathe slowly to help calm us down. When we're about to do something hard, we take a deep breath to find our courage. When I think about it, breathing is giving him praise, even in the hardest moments. This is so beautiful and fills me with emotion every time I grasp the thought. God chose to give himself a name that we can't help but speak every waking, sleeping, breathing hour with the name of God on our lips. Beautiful, beautiful piece written by Sandra Thurman Caporal from the Memorial Church of Christ in Houston. But think about that. Uh, the, those four constants perhaps, uh, perhaps indicated every time we inhale, every time we exhale, God is all in all. Amen? Amen. All right, let's stand and we'll continue to worship him in song together.
That's a great song. Have we sung that before? I haven't. That's, that's the beauty of being old. Every day is a new day. I love that. Thank you. You may be seated in the congregation. I'm asking all the boys and girls, and we got a bunch of them today. Come on up here and stand right in front of me, right over here. Okay, all the boys and girls from First Baptist Church. Moms and dads, you can take your Bibles and open it up to the first book in the Bible in the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 2, verse 4. But I got a little bit of a, a lesson to teach to all these young men and women here, and I'm glad that you're here. How many of you know what a nickname is? Okay, a little over half of you. How many of you have a nickname? What is your nickname? Danny? Okay, what's your nickname? Riles of corn on the cob because your last name is Cobb. They do so lovingly though, right? Yeah. What's your nickname? Huh? Off. Odd. Is that right? I can't read your lips, so <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Do you like your nickname? Okay. All right. So, so guess what, boys and girls? I have a nickname for Miss Pat. Don't look at her. Don't look at her. <laughs> How many want to know my nickname for Miss Pat? One of you do. Okay, good. I call her, I call her Patty Cake. Or Baby Cake. Or other things that I can't tell you. But anyhow, I looked up the word nickname in the dictionary. And nickname in the dictionary means a familiar or a humorous name that we have besides our real names. So it means in addition to or also. So we have, you all have a regular name, and then some of you have nicknames. And in our study of God's names, we find out that God has a lot of different names. And I'm going to preach about one today, and that one is called Jehovah. Listen up, girls. Listen up, okay? I think we're okay. All right. There we go. Jehovah is not a nickname for God, but Jehovah is his official name. It's his most intimate, personal name relating to us as his children. It shows his relationship to us, and we're going to talk about that. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, the name Jehovah, how many want to guess how many times it's found in the Bible? How many times do you, do you think it's found, the name Jehovah? What do you think? Huh? 25? That's a good number. It's more than that. How many think 100? How many think 200? How many think 500? How many think 1,000? How many know that his name is almost, Jehovah is almost found 7,000 times just in the Old Testament? It's his most common name, so it's, and it's his most important in so many ways. And by the way, the name Jesus, guess what? Means Jehovah's salvation so jesus god's son 
is his way for us to be saved by trusting in him. So remember the name, Jehovah, okay? And then remember, you have a nickname, and if you give someone a nickname, make sure it's a nice one so you don't go like, eh, I don't like mine too much, okay? All right, let's bow our heads in prayer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the blessings that you give us. And one of the great blessings that we have are the boys and girls that you send to us. And Father, we pray that you might bless them in their Sunday school classes today and help them to learn what you'd have them to learn. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, God bless you. Go ahead and go to your kids' classes and the middle school back in the back on the patio, sixth through the ninth graders. Go ahead and join Jason and Jennifer back there. All right, what's your nickname? Okay, all right. <clears throat> By the way, this is a preliminary to the message because this is an interesting time in which you live. Russia is now poised to take the Ukraine without any interference militarily whatsoever from her allies, in particular from the United States of America. And Russia and China are warming up to each other in a way that uh, I haven't seen in my lifetime. And so David, where's David Waitley? David, right back here. Dave, you better accelerate your teaching in the book of Revelation because I'm telling you what, uh, the, these two key nations uh, are found in the Battle of Armageddon, and you can check up Daniel chapter 9 and Revelation chapter 12 and Revelation chapter 16, and you'll find out that things are lining up in a way that, uh, you know what, the, the admonition to look up, your redemption draws near. It's never been any nearer than it is right now. So <clears throat> message, be ready for the Lord because he may come back before the message is over, especially if I go too long. <laughs> so if I keep going, if, if the rapture takes place, Billy, you come up and finish my sermon for me. <laughs> oh, oh, you're, oh, you're not going to be here? Okay. Good. All right, good. On February 6th, we studied the first name of God mentioned in his written word. The first name of God. Do you remember what it was? Elohim, 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 Elohim. It's one or the other of those, yeah. And Elohim is a plural form, but it's unity, it's, it's unified in, uh, it's singular in unity. So it's plural in form, singular in unity, speaks of the Trinity. Elohim is the name of almighty, omnipotent creator God. He is the creator, he is the sustainer. God has the power to do whatever he wants to do, whatever he desires to do. He spoke into existence all the universes from not from matter that was already there, but he spoke the matter into existence and everything else that exists. Elohim also has the distinction of being the first name of God revealed in the Bible. Therefore, the law of first mention applies. And we went over that two weeks ago. Last week, we took a little detour and discussed three different names in the Bible, three of David's sons who were compounds, uh, their names were, uh, using the L of Elohim. God hears, God knows, God delivers. This week, we delve into a much better known uh, name of God, and that is Jehovah. Most frequently used name of God for, in the Bible, mentioned actually 6,823 6, times. Someone counted them. I didn't, but uh, under seven, a little under 7,000 times. So the first use of Jehovah, uh, the law of first mention, is important, right? So the first use of, of the name Jehovah is found in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 4, and it's found in connection with the name Elohim. So in Genesis chapter 2, verse 4, read with me. There, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord. Now, when you see Lord, four words, four 
letters all capitalized, spelling out Lord, uh, that means Jehovah. So, and the day that the Lord Jehovah God, Elohim, the capital G, small O-D, is Elohim. So the Lord, and the day the Lord Jehovah God, Elohim, made the heavens and the earth. So his, this combination of the two names and, and, and these two titles or names are used often in Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 3. So we have an idea uh, from two weeks ago of what Elohim means and signifies. What does the name Jehovah signify? First point is the derivation and meaning of the name Jehovah. And I found this to be interesting. It kind of corresponds with what was in the bulletin uh, that had been written so beautifully about inhale, exhale the name of God um, from those four consonants. But it comes from the Hebrew word hava, which means to be or being. So the first part, Jehovah, comes from, has the idea of, of to be, something that's to be or being. It's very much like the word Shava, which means to live or life. So to be means to live, and being is to have life, and those constitute the first meaning of the name Jehovah. Remember what God told Moses when Moses was, was recruited, was called to go to the people of Israel and Egypt and deliver them from slavery. Remember, he gave one excuse after another. I, I can't do it. I, 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 they won't paint it. I, 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 I stutter. Stutter. stutter I, I, can't, I can't, can't, can't do it. And, and, and he gave one excuse after another. God can, and God got a little bit irritated with him. He said, here comes your brother Aaron. He'll talk for you. The interesting thing is, from that moment on, you never see Aaron saying a word. It was always Moses that was talking. That's why I know he's Baptist. Uh, he, he just kept on talking, didn't know when to quit. But when Moses said, I go tell these people, I come, I've been 40 years in the wilderness, I go back to Egypt and all of a sudden show up on the scene and I start preaching this idea of God's going to deliver you and they're going to say, who has sent you? What am I supposed to say? He said, tell him, I am hath sent you. The idea is I am the self-existent one. I exist. I am being. I am life. His ultimate life is absolutely above all other life. So tell him, uh, my, the response was, I am hath sent me. So Moses, when he went back, he told him, the I am hath sent me. The, the God who always is because of his ability to be self-existence before anything else was, he was, and he is, and he always will be. Remember the garden? When Jesus sweat great droplets of blood and the blood and sweat mingled and dropped to the ground. And remember when he prayed and he's asking his disciples to pray and, and he found them asleep three different times. And finally the, the temple guards come in with their spears and their torches and, and they're looking for Jesus. And, and it's nighttime and some of them probably weren't familiar with who, who he was. And, and they came up and they said, we're seeking Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, what? I am. He used the same title that God revealed to Moses to tell the people of Israel that the true God has sent him. Jesus answered, I am. And what happened? They fell backwards on the ground. I mean, such was the power of Jesus in the garden, even after, uh, after being weeping and, and crying and sweating and bleeding, and, and, and his torture was just beginning, but he had great power, spoke two, two words, I am, and they fell over backwards. So Yah, or Jah, we, we call it Jah, Jehovah, it's Yah, Yahovah, uh, is the way they would say it, I think, 
as a Jewish person even today, Yah means the independent one. The idea of uh, the evolutionists say, you, know, you, you believe God created everything. Where was, where was, who created God? Nobody created God. God has always been. God always will be. God is. He is the self-existent one. He is the possessor of essential life or permanent existence. Rabbinical writings have used several euphemistic expressions. They, they won't write out, in copying scriptures, they won't write out the full name of God. They, they'll refer to the name or that great and terrible name. And when they say terrible, they don't mean, they don't mean it's, it's an awful name, it's a bad name. It, that's not what it means. It means it's, it's, it's terrifying. This God is so amazingly powerful. The great and terrible name, the peculiar name. And again, the word peculiar is kind of morphed and means something now that, that it's not referring to. He's not a strange God or a weird God or peculiar. And that's a, it's like we're a peculiar people. We're supposed to be. We're supposed to be unlike most people as children of God. We're supposed to stand out as being different. And God, Elohim God, and Jehovah Elohim is, stands out from all the other small G-O-Ds in the entire universe. He is the, the one with the particular name. It, they call it the separate name. They called it the unutterable name. They call it the incommunicate name. We're, we're not able to, to communicate with that name. They call it the holy name. They call it this distinguished name. They call it the name of the four letters, Y-H-V-H, called the tetragrammaton, which means the pronunciation of Jehovah is not even possible with human lips. And how to pronounce it, even in today's world, is disputed by scholars today. Isaiah 43, 10b says, I am he, before me there was no God, Elohim. Before me there was no Elohim formed, neither shall there be after me. I even, I am Jehovah. That's the Lord, all caps. I am Jehovah, and beside me there is no Savior. Now, someone named Moses Mammonides the Jewish commentator of the Middle Ages said all the names of God which occur in Scripture are derived from his works except for one. So Elohim, creative, omnipotent God, Jehovah does not come from his works. It's called the plain name because it teaches plainly and unequivocally of the substance of God. He is the self-existent one. Not something he's done. He is. He is the being. He is living. He is the life. Second point here, relative to Israel, it was very much uh, part of, of Israel's <clears throat> revelation to Israel. In Exodus chapter 3, verses 6 and 7, moreover, he said, I am the Elohim of thy father. I am the God of thy father. I am the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, the Elohim of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon Elohim, because, because if you looked upon the, the, the glory of God, the full glory of God, you wouldn't be able to live in doing so. And I know this is kind of strange, but I think of uh, the Ark of the Covenant and the old Indiana Jones series and how that, uh, how that when they opened that Ark and, and they were consumed uh, by the power that lived in it. I know that's all fiction, but the fact is you couldn't stand before the full glory of God in an unredeemed state without dying. In verse 7 of Exodus 3, And the Lord Jehovah said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their, their, their sorrows. So God had a special love for the nation of Israel. God has special love 
for the people of Israel. And by the way, folks, nations that are friends with Israel are blessed by God. And nations that are enemies with Israel are cursed by God. I think Genesis 18, I think is where that's found. Uh, huh? 12, Genesis 12, Genesis 12. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't believe he's ever revoked that. I know that Israel is in unbelief as a nation. I know that. <clears throat> but I'm going to tell you something. Um, we better stay a friend of Israel. The United States better stay a friend to Israel because what's about to happen to Ukraine uh, will be attempted uh, to, to happen in Israel. When Moses saw the burning bush and wound up talking with God, God said unto Moses, I am that I am. I am the self-existent one. I am essential life itself. I exist because I am. And thus shall thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God Elohim said moreover unto Moses, thus shall you say to the children of Israel, the Lord Jehovah, God Elohim of your fathers. And he goes ahead, the God of Abraham, Isaac, God of Jacob has sent me to you and my name is forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. And in the Exodus chapter 6, and God Elohim spoke unto Moses and said, I am the Lord Jehovah. So he's revealing himself now <clears throat> specifically to Israel. He's not revealing, he, he didn't unfold the name Jehovah to the early patriarchs. He was still Elohim to them, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. He was Elohim, 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 Elohim. Now he says, you're going to go deliver my people. I am the Lord God. I am Jehovah Elohim. And the name Jehovah frequently used as the title of the Elohim of the patriarchs is now revealed in connection with God's covenant with his people. So he makes a promise to his people. You're, I'm going to deliver you. Jehovah God, Jehovah Elohim will deliver you. Jehovah is a personal living being fulfilling uh, God, fulfilling to Israel the promises made to their fathers. Elohim is a general term for God, a general name for God, the one who is the creator of all and, and preserves all. But as Jehovah, <clears throat> he is the God of revelation on a personal level to the nation of Israel. Now, now here's something that I didn't realize before studying this series, actually, <clears throat> but all nations had their Elohim. All nations, pagan nations, had their Elohim, small g-o-d-s. So whether it was a totem pole, whether it was a planet, whether it was the stars, the moon, the sun, whether it was um, something, some other, some carved uh, figurine or whatever, all nations had their Elohim, but Jehovah was and is the Elohim to Israel. Jehovah unique. In 2 Chronicles 14, 11, O Lord Jehovah, thou art our God Elohim. And the same thing in Psalm 86, for thou art great and you do wondrous things and you are, you are Elohim alone. Teach me thy way, O, Je o Lord Jehovah. Jehovah is, is the God of holiness. <clears throat> Whereas Elohim assumes power over and concern for his creation, Jehovah reveals his love through moral and spiritual attributes. Jehovah gives them uh, ten commandments. Jehovah ex has expectations for his people. God is a holy God today. God expects us to live our lives a certain way. 
be holy because I am holy, basically, is what he says. Be you holy, for I am holy. Jehovah first appears in Genesis 2-4, as we read a little while ago, but then the narrative uh, dealt there with creation. But when humans come onto the scene, he become, they become his image bearers, and he becomes revealed to them as Jehovah God. I am personal to you. I have a personal relationship with you. And as we mentioned two weeks ago, when Adam and Eve fell into sin, God was not content to let us stay in that sinful state without a remedy. But his personal connection with it, his Jehovah covenant relationship with us sought to redeem us, sought to buy us back so that first the state which we lost in sin is available now through the Lord Jesus Christ. We were made for fellowship with Jehovah Elohim. Think of this. Human beings are the only product of God's creation that has that capability. The only product. Now, I, I hesitate. I was going to say is the only entity whatsoever. But then I thought, well, angels, you know, angels exist. But, but in, this, in this creation of the universes, the animals don't worship God and don't have that ability. I know you think your dog's going to heaven. I hope he does. If he bites me, I'm going to hope he doesn't. But, I, I, we, we, but animals do not have the ability to know God on a personal level. Animals don't have the ability to be saved by grace through faith. Um, I believe there will be animals in heaven, so I, I don't, don't go tell your kids, you know what the pastor said about little Fluffy? Fluffy's not going to be in heaven. Don't tell them that. Don't tell them that. So... We were made for fellowship with our Jehovah Elohim. He didn't just put us here to have a good life, to have a great time, to accumulate, to enjoy, to, you know, ski down hills, to splash in the water. Nothing wrong with any of that, but he, that's not the purpose. The purpose was Jehovah Elohim created us for fellowship with himself, this, the existent, self-existent one pours life from his essential life into our dead souls. Because we're, we're alive physically, we're alive mentally, most of us, but we're not so alive spiritually. We're dead in trespasses and sins until the essential life is poured in. We call it everlasting life. Eternal life is poured into our lives by grace through faith. We're the only ones capable of that kind of worship. Even the angels aren't capable of that kind of redeemed relationship to God. They're created by him, and some of them lost their first estate, but human beings were created by him and then born again into the very family of Almighty God. So he becomes our heavenly father. It is human life that is placed under moral obligations with a warning of punishment for disobedience and for failure. The holiness of God's name is most obvious. The, the Jews, as I've mentioned a couple of times, didn't even pronounce the name. It wasn't even pronounceable. The death penalty was imposed for blaspheming against the name, even, even though they didn't know how to pronounce it right. If they, were, if they were guilty of blaspheming the name, treating the name of God with disrespect, according to Leviticus 24, 16, they were put to death. So there's the story of a man who blasphemed God. They had him killed. God told him to do that. Even today, the name Jehovah is not uttered in the synagogue. Rather, the title Adonai, which we will study, Lord willing, in a few weeks, uh, or the name, capital N-A-M-E, is used. 
Jehovah is also not only God of, of holiness, but he's a God of righteousness. He loves righteousness. Now, now look, look. Sometimes we tell our, we mistakenly tell our kids, you do what's you do what you're supposed to do, and God will love you. Don't tell them that. God will love them whether they do what you tell them to do or not. God loves them. He just does. He loves us even when we disobey him. So he loves righteousness. So, so he loves it when we whom he loved do what is right. He, lo- he loves that. He loves that fact. Psalm eleven seven. for the righteous Lord, Jehovah, loves righteousness. His countenance doth behold the upright. He, he looks to the upright. He looks to those who seek to do his will, who seek to live in his righteousness. He not only loves righteousness, he is righteous. Daniel 9, 14, for the Lord Jehovah, our God Elohim, is righteous in all his works, which he does. God is not unjust. And we say something, you know what? One of the things that happens when people lose loved ones, especially unexpectedly, maybe other cases too, but even especially unexpectedly, they get angry at God. They blame God for that loss. And they say it's not fair. God's not fair. If that's the way God is, I don't know when the, in fact, I was just telling Relating a, a, a story, a pilot, Navy pilot, and I were good friends early on in my other church. Uh, we're talking 1973 and four. And he had a little boy. Uh, he and his wife had a little boy that was a little older than our little boy. And he had transferred from San Diego to, I think it was Pensacola. And I got a call one day that you never want to get. And his little boy, I think a year and a half old or something like that, was out in the garage with his dad, and his dad was working on some furniture. And his dad had some some paint stripper, and it was in a Dixie cup. And you know what happened. That little 18-month-old or so boy got that glass of, that, that cup of paint stripper and drank that paint, and he died. And it was tragic, and... Here I am, I'm, I'm a young preacher, I'm a new preacher, I, I've been pastoring maybe a year or so, and I try, I'm trying to comfort somebody who's just lost their baby. And I'm thinking at that point in time, I have to say something. Billy, one of the greatest lessons I've learned as a preacher is sometimes you don't say anything. You just hug, you just cry with someone. And I, I was on the phone with him, and I, I, and I was talking, trying to comfort him, and I said, I said Larry, I said, you know what? I know it's hard to see, but God's got a reason somehow or another. Those are stupid things to say because the next thing gives me goosebumps right now when he, out of his mouth, it was, if God's that kind of a God, I don't want anything to do with him. If, if God would take my little baby and he's got some plan that involves that, I don't want anything to do with him. I would handle it a lot differently right now. But you know what, folks? We, we, we know that people get angry at God because they say it's not fair. Why is it fair for that little baby? It's not. There's nothing fair about it. But it doesn't detract from the fact that God is a righteous God and God is a just God. Not everything that happens happens because God wills them or wants them to happen. We're, we're not automatons. We're not robots walking around programmed uh, by, some, by, by God who's in the heavens uh, making it so that we have. Judas did not have to commit the betrayal. He did not have to do that. 
He was not programmed to do it. He had a choice. He made a choice. And you and I make choices, and things happen. And bad things happen to good people. Un unfair things happen all the time. Why should you and I be born and brought up in a nation that's up to this point has given us freedoms and, 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 and has been an incredible uh, republic and an incredible place? To, why should we and not be born in communist China? What's, why are you and I more deserving of that? We're not. It's not a fair world. But it doesn't detract from the fact that God is a just God, a righteous God. For the Lord Jehovah, our God Elohim, is righteous in all his works which he does. And by the way, he's our example. Leviticus 19.2, you will be holy for I, the Lord Jehovah, your God, am holy. You are to be holy. We are to be holy. We are to be separate. What does it mean to be holy? Sanctified, separated from the world. We're to be that peculiar people, different than everything else, everyone else and what's going on in the world. We're, we're, we're not to be like everyone. We're not to become what society is as a whole. We're to be distinct and different. We're to be righteous. We're to seek righteousness. Not only is he holy and righteous, but he's a God of love. He loves us. The Lord Jehovah has appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Now listen, take note of it. If you don't listen to anything else, it's too late now. You have listened to part of it. If you don't listen to anything else from this point on, remember this. While his righteousness condemns us, his righteousness and holiness condemn us because it shows, points out our shortcomings. His love redeems us. His love motivates him to redeem us. It was Jehovah that sought Adam and Eve in the garden. It was Jehovah that slew an innocent animal to get the skins from that animal to clothe the nakedness of Adam and Eve. It is Jehovah who sought you. It is Jehovah who sought me. It is Jehovah who allowed me as a, as a seven or eight-year-old young man to be brought up uh, in a church, to, to, to go to the church anyhow, where, where the preacher met with us one day a week for uh, two or three months in the summertime and taught us things that we needed to know, things that every young man, every young lady need to know about who God is and what our responsibilities are, what he has done for us, what, what can be when we link our lives with him. It was, it was Jehovah who sought me out and poured in me through the person of this preacher the things that I needed to know in order to be where I am today. It was Jehovah God who met with me in my room as a, as a sophomore in college and, and not in God's perfect will, saved, but not living for the Lord. It was, it was Jehovah God who sought me out and put a calling on my life and made that calling obvious and evident and, and assured me that that was his perfect will for my life. It was God, Jehovah God who seeks you and, and seeks to extricate you from the muck and the mire and the mess that, that we find because we are so prone to wander, to wander away from God. It was Jehovah God that forgave us and saved us. The first seven chapters of Leviticus dealing with the sacrifices, I know it's tough reading. It is tough. And I, I, 
This time, I, I, I read the, try to read the Bible through every year. But this time, reading through the sacrificial system, I was just overwhelmed with the idea that I wouldn't have any time to do anything but offer up sacrifices for my lousy sins. And Pat's. <laughs> just kidding on that patty cake. Just kidding. So the first seven chapters dealing with the sacrifices, Elohim is mentioned one time by itself and once in combination with Jehovah. But Jehovah, the name Jehovah in the, in the seven chapters, first seven chapters of Leviticus is mentioned 86 times. It's Jehovah who wants to know you. It's Elohim who created you. Same person, different aspects, different dealing, different ways of dealing. It's Jehovah who wants you to be part of his family, who wants your sins forgiven, who wants you to, be, uh, to live a, a, a shameless life, not filled with shame. In the 16th chapter of Leviticus, dealing with the Day of Atonement, the name Jehovah appears 12 times. It is Jehovah God Jesus, Jehovah's salvation that provides us atonement, not just a covering of our sins, but the removal of our sins as far as the east is from the west, putting them in the depths of the deepest sea. The love of Jehovah does not write us off. His holiness, his righteousness may condemn us, but his love redeems us, even to the point of sending his only begotten son to die a torturous death on the cross. Such love. Now, Jehovah, like Elohim, is found in dozens and dozens of compound names. Jehovah Elohim, the majestic omnipotent God. Jehovah Hosinu, the, the Lord our maker. Jehovah Jireh, that we're going to talk about, Lord willing, next week. The Lord will provide. Jehovah Rapha the Lord the physician, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner, Jehovah Mekedesh, the, the Lord the sanctified, Jehovah Elohinu, the Lord our God, Jehovah Elohika, the Lord thy God, Jehovah Elohe, the Lord our God, my God, uh, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace, and so many others. He is on the personal level everything to us. Do you know him on the personal level? Do you know him as Elohim or do you know him as Jehovah? Do you know him as Jesus, Jehovah's salvation? It's up to you. It's your decision. You're going to accept him. You're going to reject him. You're going to walk with him. You're going to turn aside. Would you bow your head, please, with me? Every head bowed. If you're here this morning, you say, Preacher, I, I'm, I know that I have received Jesus Christ as my Savior. I know it. I know I didn't deserve it, but I know I've received him as my Savior, and I'm trusting him for everlasting life. If that's your testimony, with every head bowed, every eye closed, just raise your hand up real high. Preacher, I know, I know he's my Savior. I know my sins are forgiven. I know I'm going to heaven. So many hands, thank you. Thank you, put them down. Of those who didn't raise their hands, would any of you say... Pastor, I want you to pray for me because I'm not real sure that if I were to die today, I'd be in heaven tonight. 
and I want you to pray for me. With every head bowed, every eye closed, raise your hand up real high, hold it up real high. God bless you. As far as I can see, okay. Anybody else? Our Father. We have that relationship. You're, you're our Father because of what Jesus did on the cross. Without Jesus' salvation, you would be our creator and we would stand condemned before you because we've not been holy and we've not been righteous and we've not been very loving too many times. But Lord God, you have revealed yourself to us not just as our creator God, the omnipotent God, but also as Jehovah God, the self-existent one, the one who is essential life, the one who wants to pour into our lives eternal life. Lord, I know we can't get to heaven by ourselves, but I know that Jesus died for my sins. And Lord, if there's someone here who needs to receive Christ as their personal Savior, may they right where they are right now pray this prayer to you and mean it with all their heart. May they pray something like this, Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I'm not righteous. I'm not holy. I don't love like I should. I know I'm going to die one day. It's just a fact of life. It's not a pleasant one, but it's a fact of life. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. And I believe that if I confess him with my mouth and believe in my heart, that you've raised him from the dead, that I can be saved. Because you said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So Lord, I call upon you in this place where I'm seated. Save my soul. Make me part of your family. Be my eternal father. Be my Jehovah. My personal, self-existent one. My essential life. I trust you. In Jesus' name, with every head still bowed, if you just prayed that prayer, would you slip your hand up? Hold it up for just a moment. God bless you. God bless you and you. Yes, anyone else? Thank you. You can put your hand. Yes, God bless you. Anybody else? Thank you. You can put your hands down. Anyone else? Our Father, thank you for being our God who loves us so much. Bless these who've prayed this prayer. Maybe... Some who didn't even raise their hand have done so, but those who've raised their hand, God, they're acknowledging that they're trusting you. They've put their faith and trust in you. May you show them through your relationship with them how to be your child, how to live their lives, how to seek you. God, lead us and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand? If God's leading you to come forward to say, you know what, I prayed that prayer, I received Christ as my Lord and Savior, I want you during this first verse to come right down the aisle, shake my hand and tell me that. Say, I, I just prayed that prayer, and I just want you to know it. If you're coming for special prayer, some other reason, if there's some kind of a need that you have, God can meet that need, you come ahead. If Ladies, I've got my wife down here, and Rachel's in the back that can pray with you. I'm up here, and, and we've got guys, John over here who can pray with you, others who can pray for you. So just come ahead as we sing our this our invitation hymn. So do what God would have you do right now. Don't put it off. Don't wait. We're not going to sing 14 verses, okay? We're going to sing one verse for sure, maybe two. No more than that, Lord willing, as we sing. Come on.
a few more seconds. Come on. God's leading you. Kneel drum. about you, but I'm thankful I was in the house of the Lord today. I love church. I love coming. I look forward to coming here. I look forward to seeing your smiling faces and a few of you grouchy ones too. I look forward to, <laughs> look forward to seeing you all. May God bless you. This is the Lord's day all day long. Give him praise and glory and be nice to people on your way out. Thank you for being God's house. God bless you.